Um, Lord, I just want to thank you for Paul. Thank you for the effort that's gone into um, preparing to preach to us this morning. And I pray that uh, through him we can come to know more uh, of you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Brilliant. Thank you. Right, Jonah, we're going to start together. (laughs) So before I start and before I say anything, I thought, let's play a game together. A game that I'm sure most of you will enjoy, maybe know. Name that tune. Yes. (laughs) Name that tune. So to get our series title and to get what I'm talking about today, although actually it's behind me. (laughs) Uh, We're going to play a couple of tunes. You've just got to give me the title of the song. You can also give me the artist if you want, but you don't have to. Um, So, Jonah, without further ado, our series title. Can you guess from this? Spice Girls, yes. Who do you think you are? Is that right? Does everybody agree with that? Spice Girls, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Can we keep it playing? <laughs> Come on, Ruth, you like dancing. There we go. That's fine, thank you. So our series <laughs> is called Jesus, Who Do You Think You Are? I think it's good. I think the Spice Girls thought it was good. <laughs> and we're looking at Jesus' seven sayings in the, book, in the Gospel of John that says, I am, Jesus says, we've had so far, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the gate, and I am the good shepherd, which actually we were talking about in Naomi's prayer as well. So, that's the series, Who Do You Think You Are? Jesus, Who Do You Think You Are? And now, the title for today, Jonah. Will you get this one? This is a bit more up my street. Anyone, quickly. Who's it by? That's that's right here, yeah. Come on, people. This is like one of the best bands that we've ever produced. Okay, stop there. It's the Stone Roses. The Stone Roses, I Am the Resurrection. Um, John Squire and Ian Brown together write a song. Ian Brown used to talk about reading the Bible, uh, and he got a few of his lyrics from there, and he called this song, I Am the Resurrection. I would love to listen to the whole eight minutes because I think it's a fabulous piece of music. (laughs) Ruth would like to listen to the Spice Girls. Um, But actually, we probably haven't got time for that. So I won't. (laughs) Sorry. Cut my sermon down, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the music is fantastic. That's much more my sort of era. That's what I enjoy less of the Spice Girls was my thought. Anyway, I am the resurrection and the life. That's my title for today. And we're looking at Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection and the life. So a quick overview of my talk. We're going to be looking at the background to John, his gospel, uh, and these seven sayings very briefly. We're going to read 
uh, a passage in John from uh, John 11, 1 to 44, which covers the story of Jesus um, and his friend Lazarus. Uh, Chris Pounce, where is Chris? There he is, our resident cartoonist, has done us a cartoon for today to help us get the story. Uh, I promise you, this is a good one today. <laughs> um, we're going to dig a bit deeper into the story, what's going on, why is Jesus doing this at this moment. Um, and then lastly, we're going to look at why does this story and Jesus' claim that I am the resurrection and life matter to me or to us? Um, and then we'll look at the last two points, which is uh, drawing out of that. What that means is hope for the resurrection power in our lives for now and also hope for the end of our lives as well. Um, and then we'll have a time of prayer and uh, Mirabelle is going to help us with that. Okay, so quick overview of John. Just in case you haven't read much of John, uh, John, the Gospel of John, is in four parts. You've got the intro, where John says, in the beginning, sounding very similar to the Genesis start, in the beginning, in Arche. I don't know the rest of the Greek from there, but in Arche is the Greek uh, that's the intro, and then John spends a, uh, the next part of his book talking about the signs of the Messiah. And in those signs, Jesus showing that he is the Messiah, the Christ, the chosen one, the anointed one. Um, we have these seven sayings. And then part three of John's gospel is his farewell to the disciples, teaching them, telling them about what they're going to do. And then the passion of the Messiah that's where we get that sort of passion word um, in thinking about the Easter story and his trial, his death, and most importantly, resurrection. And that's from John 13 to 20. And then the final bit, part four, is his, what they call an epilogue, conclusion, um, and he's sort of commissioning to his disciples, Peter especially. So... The book of John is in four parts, and we're looking at the final stage of the signs of the Messiah, just before he's about to move into this time of trial and death, and then the resurrection. So it's quite important, that section as well. It's right at the end before they move into this next section. And it's really important that we see these texts, these I am sayings, as part of a whole. It's not just Jesus throwing away piffy little statements, <laughs> they're really important that we look at what's going on in the story and why John is helping us to understand Jesus' claims and what's going on. So really important that we do that so that when he says, I am, there's a lot going on with that statement. And so we're going to look at the story of Lazarus as part of that context. Lazarus's friend, which is Jesus' friend, uh, brother of Mary and Martha, being, uh, he basically dies and is raised to life. So we're going to read that now, and we're going to read John 11. So if you want to get your Bibles, turn to the New Testament and uh, John 11, or you can use your phones, of course, to do that. If you want a Bible, if anyone want a Bible, you can get one from the back. Uh, yes, Ian, if you get a few, bring it up to Tracy up here, that'd be great. Thank you. 
I'm not going to read quite the whole of John 11, but I'm going to read a good chunk of it um, because it's good to read God's word. It's much better words than my words. <laughs> um, but just to set the scene for the verses 1 to 16 at the start of John 11, Mary and Martha have a brother called Lazarus, and he is sick. So they send word about this to Jesus, asking him to come to them and to heal him. Um, but Jesus says, uh, no, I'm going to stay where I am, and he stays there for two more days, uh, which means that Lazarus dies. Jesus then travels to see the sister, sisters and family, and we will now pick it up from verse 17. So John 11, verse 17 is where we start. My water is here. (laughs) On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me, will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. 
When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. It's a powerful story. A story demonstrating Jesus' compassion. We see Jesus' compassion in that story. But also what God is like. And look what this God can do. And normally, at this point, I would do a bigger summary than just that. But we're going to allow Chris's cartoon to tell the story again, just to help us fully get what's going on and what's happening here. So if you, uh, we could dim the lights. Someone's not there. Have you got it full screen? Have I got it full screen? Um, I've done it as large as I can, yes. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> it's going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I love... Wait. Hey. Well done, Chris. Well done, Chris. I love the way he brings it to life and adds a bit of humour in there for us. Especially the angel of death there waiting. <laughs> and then taken away. It's fine. It's Lazarus. is raised from the dead. Wonderful. Fantastic stuff. So I hope we've all got the story in our heads, what's going on here, what's happening, uh, and the amazingness that is Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So let's just dig a bit deeper into the background, the context of what's going on. And as we've been talking about John and his four parts for the, for the gospel, we've got to have in mind that John is writing this, um, this story of Jesus, the, the events of Jesus, um, and he's writing it to a Jewish and non-Jewish audience, which means um, when he's writing this, um, don't forget that he's an evangelist, so he wants to tell people about Jesus. That um, As he's writing it, he's writing it in a way that the Jewish people will really get and understand. Uh, it has echoes of everything that they will know from reading their scriptures, from reading what we call the Torah, the first five books of the Bible in the Old Testament. Which is why at the beginning of John, John 1, uh, when it says in the beginning, it sounds very similar to Genesis 1. Because um, both starting like that way helps the readers think, ah, this reminds me of something. This reminds me um, of what I've read already. Um, and so to explain that a bit more, let's just read a tiny passage from Exodus um, 3. 
Now, some of you um, might have had some of this already if you've been in previous talks. But in Exodus 3, uh, 30, uh, verse 13, Moses is in the wilderness and God has met him at the burning bush. And God wants Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. Um, and so Moses says to God, and Moses is a bit unsure about this, basically. So Moses says to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. And we know that uh, the I am is translated as Yahweh. And the Hebrew word is a bit difficult, and different thoughts and different words around it translate it for what I am means. But it can mean he is, or he causes to be. Or in this passage, it's a bit like, I will be what I will be. And so uh, try and thinking of a echo for us. So that when the, when the, um, the Jews were reading this and they were hearing these words about Jesus saying, I am, it's a real echo for them. They can hear that uh, the God who says, I am, this is Jesus saying, I am. And so for us, maybe a modern day equivalent might be, uh, I know some of you like Harry Potter. Um, I'm not really a fan, but I thought I'd use it as an illustration. Um, <laughs> and uh, if, we're, if you're reading, writing a book today, you might want to appeal to the Harry Potter audience because you know there are millions of them. So you might want to write a book about uh, magic and wizards and all these sorts of things because you know it might appeal to already massive audience out there. Um, and whilst you probably might not be able to write it as good as J.K. Rowling, you might still be able to appeal to that audience. And it's a bit like that with this. In John, John is writing it, so they pick up uh, that Jesus is saying, I am, and that's Jesus saying, I am God, I am Yahweh. Um, and he's not like us trying to pretend to be J.K. Rowling, Jesus is the real deal. He's the real thing. Uh, a bit like maybe Coca-Cola or something like that. <laughs> it's the real deal. He's not an imitator. It's the real thing. He is God. Um, maybe if we were still playing that game, name that tune, we might have played Chesney Hawks. <laughs> I am... The one and only. <laughs> but I couldn't... Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I couldn't bring myself to play that. <laughs> My taste in music just, just couldn't go that far. So what I'm trying to get to, the background, digging deeper, the context of what's going on, is these echo, these words, I am, will resonate with the readers of the Gospel of John when they're reading it, um, it's Jesus saying, I am. I am God, and this is what God is like. This is what he's like. And today's one is, I am the resurrection and the life. 
And for, that's a digging deeper part, our next part, why does this story matter to us? What does this mean for us today? And I just want to focus on two things from the passage. Uh, and belief in Jesus, who he says he is, uh, that gives us hope for today. Uh, and also hope for the end of our lives. And I'm just going to focus for those two points, hope for today and hope for the end of our lives. I'm just going to look at that tiny bit of passage where Jesus has a conversation with Martha because we can draw out of that those things. So in verse 22, uh, it says, Martha says to Jesus, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again, the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And it's that passage that we can draw out what I want to share. These two brief points, really, this morning. Um, It feels a bit like a difficult exchange that Martha isn't quite following where Jesus is wanting her to go. But she still answers in the right way. Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And, the glo- and uh, it says, if you believe, later on it says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. And the glory of God is that Lazarus, her brother, is raised from the dead. That's the glory of God. That's who God is like. He raises us from the dead. And Jesus sat calling out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out, the one who creates, the God who creates, the one who is called I am, or he causes to be, is at work. And as seen uh, a bit later on in verse 45, all of that passage then says, so that they and we might believe who he says he is. And that's what John is wanting us to do. He's wanting us to believe in Jesus and to believe in his resurrection power. Because belief in Jesus gives us hope, hope for now, but it also gives us hope that actually miraculous things can happen now, like brothers being raised from the dead. But it also gives us hope by believing in Jesus that we face things, we can face things in this life, uh, and also At the end of this life, we can be with God, with God, rather than death and nothingness. That's Jesus' promise, promise to us. So I want to just share a little story that I've heard uh, from uh, talking, working with Alex from Balsam. And this is a hope for belief in Jesus now and miraculous things happening now for now. Um, And I've asked Alex's uh, permission to share this and she is fine with that. And um, if you don't know who Alex is, Alex uh, works for a charity called Balsam and they work with um, families in Digcot, supporting them 
doing parenting courses, uh, as well as supporting and coming alongside families when they face difficulties and problems. Um, and Alex had been working with a family whose father um, was an alcoholic, uh, and actually it got to the point where he'd just given up. He'd given up on life, and he'd ended up, I'm not really sure, it was like a bedsit or something like that. This is in Digcot, I'm not saying any names, but uh, he'd given up on life, and was in this bedsit, and Alex had gone to visit him, uh, and he wasn't in a good way at all, um, and was Alex just uh, <coughs> couldn't really minister to him. She just didn't really know what to do. So she um, phoned up Gareth from Ridgeway, who some of you will know. Gareth has been a pastor for 20-plus years or something like that. Um, he's got a good amount of experience. So Gareth went with Alex next time to visit this man, and um, just gent gently came alongside. I think it was all a bit indecent, really, in his room. Not very good at all, not very clean. Um, and could see that he was really sort of at the end. But Gareth, in his way, just listened to him. <coughs> prayed with him. And then even actually led him to believe in Jesus. Said, do you want to believe in this Jesus? And uh, the man said, yes. So prayed a prayer with him. And uh, Alex and Gareth just left, left him to carry on what, whatever was happening for him. But unbelievably, uh, it must have given it uh, that hope, belief in Jesus to carry on. Because he started to get more strength, started to eat again, and got back on his feet. And has recovered so much so that he's walking around and is doing so much better. Um, so that's a great example of that belief in Jesus giving someone that hope at the end of their life, maybe, to actually carry on and a miraculous change. Um, is that person in the church praising God, worshipping? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I think they're probably just still carrying on as they are to a certain extent. But a miraculous thing happened there that gave them hope for life, hope to carry on. And Alex said very much that they're very much so walking around the town and back on their two feet when I was asking permission to share the story. So it's that miraculous change in that person's situation. I wanted to share it because it's like that belief in Jesus that miraculous things can happen. We don't always see it or we don't always think we see it, but miraculous things can happen when things look very bleak. And that belief in Jesus belief in the Jesus, the one who creates, the one who is, I am, can bring about that change. And then I wanted to share uh, a story about, related to that really, but also related to um, the end really for us uh, when our time has come to an end. And Jesus' promise is that we will never die, that we will be um, alive and with him. And uh, we've obviously been praying for someone who's lost their life uh, this week. We don't know the circumstances, 13 or 14-year-old boy. And that's really difficult for the school and those tragic loss for them and the family and the wider community. Um, but we also lost this week... Um, some of you will know, Keith Flint from The Prodigy. Uh, and that 
for someone, I love the prodigy. I went to loads of their gigs and really enjoyed, I suppose, what they embodied, that, that life. It looked like life to the full. But actually, Keith um, got to the point where he felt he couldn't go on. He had no hope to continue for that moment now. And, um, yeah, it's really sad that um, someone who lived that life got to that point that he couldn't continue. I don't know what went on for him those last hours, but my hope and prayer is that he met with Jesus. Um, And I, too, thought it'd be difficult to share, but important to talk about briefly as well, is that um, Keith died uh, as a suicide, and um, it's difficult to talk about this subject, um, but it's the biggest killer for men under the age of 49 in this country. And so I wanted to say, I think as a church, and that's church, big C, that's the whole church, how can we respond to this need? How can we share Jesus with really men, is what we're talking about here, under that age of 49, so that they can have hope for now, hope to carry on, but also hope for the end as well, that they will be with Jesus when they are no longer in their human body. Um, And, yeah, it'd be good to pray into that. So just to finish off for the last few minutes... um, I'm looking for Mirabelle, but I can't see her. But she's in the sanctuary, is she? Okay. Well, she knows I was going <laughs> to get her. If you can, if she's able to come, great. If not, then don't worry too much near me. Um, so I wanted to share those two stories. Not easy stories, but they're what's going on here in the story of um, Lazarus and death and people being faced with that. That Jesus' promise is that we will live and live even though we die. And that is to live with Jesus. To believe in Jesus means that we will live. And we know that believing in Jesus now gives us hope for now, even when things are really difficult and we cannot see how the change will come. We see that Jesus can and do miraculous things. Lazarus, or the person that I've just been sharing about. But actually also, as we know, if we read wider stories, that also... um, it's not even the miraculous sometimes that change. The situations can stay the same, but our belief in Jesus can give us hope, hope for now, to continue, to keep going, to keep walking, to keep journeying in faith with him. And I really wanted to uh, finish by uh, those lines. It says, Jesus says uh, to Martha, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And that's Jesus' question for us today. Yes. Ah, Mirabel, sorry, I'm looking down. Mirabel, wonderful. Mirabel, come and take a seat up the front, please. Um, Just before I finish. Um, Yeah, do you believe this? That's Jesus' question for us today. Do you believe this? As we want to focus on belief in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus to give us hope for now? 
And do you believe in Jesus to give us life forever with him? So what do we really believe? Do we really believe that? Jesus giving us hope for now? Or Jesus, and Jesus giving us hope that we will live forever with him? And so to finish, I've got Mirabelle with us. And because we're a bit British, <laughs> we can be a bit sort of like, I'm going to respond to this by sitting still <laughs> and not moving or not saying anything. Um, I wanted us to respond, really, by saying, uh, if I want to respond, I want to respond by standing up or raising a hand to say, yes, Jesus, I'd like to respond to your question, do you believe this? Do you believe in hope for now, for a situation to change that we can't see how it's going to change? But also, um, belief in Jesus, firstly, do you want to come and say yes to Jesus for the first time this morning? So if you want to respond, Mirabel's going to pray. Um, and as I say, Mirabel's going to help us to not be so English in our response and just going to pray for us. Just allow Mirabel to pray over us, to pray about Jesus' hope, Jesus' resurrection power um, that we see as he raises Lazarus from the dead. And if you want to respond, please either stand or raise your hand and, and just close, everyone to close their eyes so it enables us to respond without people looking. Um, but raise a hand. Or stand. I'll just start, Mirabel, and then uh, you pray for us. Lord, I thank you uh, for this story this morning about Lazarus being raised from the dead. I thank you um, that it gives us hope that the great I am, you, Jesus, can change things miraculously, but it also gives us hope for just carrying on despite what is around us. And I pray uh, that we say yes to you this morning and belief in you and your hope. I pray also for those who want to say yes to Jesus for the first time to respond to you, that they can say, yes, I will believe in you, Jesus, and that even though I die, I will live forever with you. Mirabel, if you'd like to pray. Father God, we thank you this morning, oh God. Lord, we worship and we adore you. Mm. Thank you for your awesome presence in this place. Mm. Even though we're not worthy, Lord, you've not looked at our unworthiness, Lord. And Lord, we just want to thank you, oh God, for your love for us. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've not left us lost in our predicaments. Thank you because you've not left us lost in our sins, oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world, for dying for us. Thank you, Lord, even as you declared in your word that you are the resurrection and the life. Yes. And Lord, even in our wretchedness, we come to you this morning, oh God, seeking your face. Lord, we want to be set free, oh God, from our wretchedness. Mm. We want to be set free, oh God, from those things that hold us bound, oh God. We submit ourselves to you this morning, our Father and our God. 
as a church, Lord. Lord, we seek liberation in you, Lord. We ask that the power of your resurrection will be evident in our lives. Yes, Lord. Even as we submit ourselves to you, Lord. All of our struggles, all of our pains, oh God. We lay them down at the cross of Calvary, Jesus. Even as you have declared that it is finished. God, we hold on to your word this morning that it is finished. It is finished because we no longer have to bear these burdens, oh God, upon ourselves. Because, Lord, you are a burden bearer. We cast everything down before you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, even as Ezekiel declared, oh God, we see, Lord, the fountain of life gushing out from your altar, Lord. Taking over us, Lord. Filling us, oh God. And Lord, in the peace of your presence, Lord, we soak ourselves this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for answered prayers, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mirabel, for praying for us. Those of you who responded, just take your seats. We can um, open our eyes and just say thank you. Thank you, God, for your resurrection power. We give you thanks and praise for it. So it gives us hope for now and for the end. And if you want to respond more, then please come forward and we will pray with you. Um, uh, but if not, over to Richard for the ending of the meeting. <laughs> I've just realized I started being a meeting leader.